Zip this coffee. 137 on a gorgeous, gorgeous spring morning, May 4th. God, it's awesome. Everything's out. Leaves are budding. We're doing it. We're live. It's 17 seconds in. I'm Doug Cody. This is Inside the Whale. Wow, here we go again, guys. As always, thank you for the click. Today's episode is sponsored by Island Insurance. Island Insurance is a boutique insurance agency that takes their clients' well-being seriously. Island Insurance provides homeowners, commercial, auto, workers' comp, liability, life, health, and long-term care for the residents and business owners of Nantucket Island. Island Insurance believes that exceptional customer service, including extended hours of availability, is the starting point of good business, and that methodical examination of individual policies are what Nantucket Island community should expect from their insurance agency. There you have it, Island Insurance. Go for them, all your insurance needs. Thank you, Island Insurance. Welcome aboard. Glad glad to have you. That being said, episode 49. That's right, 49er. Man, I can't believe it. We're moving right along. Let's just jump into it. My guest today is teacher, is a teacher, I should say, Will Lucas. I'd uh, wanted to have a teacher on for a while now, and I was waiting for the opportunity to meet someone that I could sit down and kind of pick their brain, and uh, Will Lucas was nice enough to sit down, and uh, I just wanted to talk to him about the profession, about the decision. Why does someone go into teaching? One of the most important jobs, arguably, in the country, and yet uh, did some research, and you see the statistics are showing less and less people are, are inclined to go become a teacher. And I don't think that's a good thing. So I feel like it was really important to have someone on that uh, really had a passion for teaching. And he's new. He's been teaching for three years. But uh, he loves it. And he loves the island. And I just, uh, I'm going to let you guys just listen to our conversation. Because uh, there, there's a lot of things that have changed since uh, I was in school. And probably some of you as well. That you're going to learn how they're doing things a little differently now. And uh, it's good to be, it's good to know what's going on. How our kids are being being taught, and uh, I'm going to shut up. You know, let's just go to it. Here he is, Will Lucas. Here's my conversation, episode 49, guys. Let's do it. Let's go inside the way. Guys, now you might win. Show us your crooked jaw. Show us your wrinkled brow. Rise. He rises. So you just you ride your bike to school every day? Yeah, I ride every day. I've got like a three-year streak alive here. A few rainy days, a few snowy days, but that's pretty empowering. It is. It's nice to show up. Do you that do way. it out of principle or just because there's something about the ride? Well, I, I, I enjoy it. It's like, it's almost always, I mean, there are many good parts of the day, but it's writing to and from is often the best part of the day. Right. Music in, wind. I just really like to ride, like, you know, self-powered going. Um, and so 
somewhat on principle, but not really. I would do it anyway. You, you would know? do it anyway. Yeah, and I don't, I'm not trying to proselytize or anything. I just like to ride. And I've got a couple bets running with students, you know. What? The, what's the well, bet? Well, like, I'm going to ride every day if you can ride every day, you know. It's uh, kind of like, uh, I f- feel it's a no-brainer if you live. I'm close. In- it's an easy ride. Like, I don't even, I wear a coat, but not, like, I don't wear a But we're just slicker. in this, like, habit of constantly getting in the car. Yeah. And then I'm free from that. Yeah. So if you can do it, you know, and I actually I'm embarrassed. I rode more in New York than I do here. Well, in some ways it's uh, easier and you <laughs> yeah. know, maybe safer. People are looking out for you more. Yeah. As a commuter there, at least now. Yeah, yeah. totally. There's better yeah. bike lanes. Yeah. I mean, cutting through. Five, what's your least favorite part to bike through on the island? Uh, five corners. I don't know. I you know. I don't, I don't feel endangered. It, actually, it's on, uh, it's on Hooper Farm. Really? Yeah. When I, li- you know, I live kind of off of Hooper Farm, and uh, there's a new path there, but you know, they didn't really pave a smooth ribbon. It, it bumps through every driveway. Right. And so everybody thinks that's a bike path, and it kind of is. But, so, but yeah. it's not pleasant to ride on because. Every driveway is also like a potential spot to get hit because nobody stops Cause no at, one the stop sign, at that stop, stop sign. Road, right. So uh, then I ride in the road often, and then you know. Uh, get off, so there get is on the a bike path. there is a bike path going in on that other side, right? Right. Yeah. So have you noticed the one lawn that you're like, holy shit! If they put a bike path in, they're going to be on those people's front porch as you're going up Hooper Farm. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's one house that the privet, it's literally it's privet right there. and then right there. And actually, that's the sketchiest spot on the island because there's also a telephone pole there and it's kind of a blind corner. And so there's usually somebody like with a stroller or a shopping cart around there. <laughs> yeah. That's why I ride on the road there. Yeah, that yeah. little section. Well, thank God there's a bike path going in. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Well, let's, we're not here to talk about bikes. No. Uh, there, I thought the reason I wanted to have you on the, on the podcast is because I felt I was thinking about teachers. How long have you been a teacher? I'm in my third full year, so I'm, I might not be the best voice. No, but, you know, no, no, no. Something I, about being I fresh might help. Yeah, yeah. I think my thing was that teaching now as a profession, I feel there's been. I was didn't doing some research before you came. The decline. More and more people, all these millennials are getting out of college, are less inclined to go into the teaching profession. So I thought a starting point for us would be let's talk about your decision to become a teacher because I feel that there is, and if I'm wrong or feel like I'm speaking out of turn, definitely stop me. But I feel like what's happening now, like being a teacher isn't cool anymore. I feel like less and less people are are going into the teaching profession and I actually looked it up online before and there is a decline of people going in public school teachers. Sure. Now, I think there's a couple factors in there. I think money is one of the issues because you look at uh, I think what was the the average teacher makes uh, I think a high school teacher makes something uh, forty to forty five thousand a year. Mm-hmm. That's probably like a national average. That was a national average. Yeah. It actually forty seven thousand. So uh-huh. that's a national average. So then you can but that may seem like oh that doesn't seem bad. But then obviously living on Nantucket, there are adjustments for cost of there, living, and cost of living yeah. adjustments, but uh, other Still. expendables. But and then you put grad school on top of that, right there. Not, you're not going to get out of college and be like, you know, I'm going to go back to school and teach. There are other better ways so, to bankroll, yes. So uh, I want to hear about your decision to become a teacher. Well, I resisted for a long time. Um, what were you doing before? 
I was I bartended uh, at Pozzo for a few years here on the island, and I worked in uh, restaurants in San Francisco, and I drove a Whitewater bus in Jackson Hole, and uh, a lot of hospitality stuff. Um, service industry. Service. Yep. Um, Slave to the service. Mm-hmm. And I like I really liked it. Um, and my da- so my dad was a teacher. My dad's a, a Southern literature professor at a little college in Kentucky where I grew up, Center College. Um, and he's really good. Um, and so I think I just was always kind of like, you know, that's dad's thing. I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, but I've always been like, I've always been a, I was a, a dedicated student um, and enjoyed reading and school and studies. And I've always been kind of a dabbler learning a little bit about everything. So right. I think I was, it was kind of like my nature is, was teaching. Um, and I just was for whatever reason, trying not to do it. You know? So and was, then, it, was, and then, was teaching yeah. a way out of the service industry? Uh, a little bit. And also just like a life lifestyle wise, you know, I wasn't going to be able to keep bartending working late nights forever. Uh, you know, I moved out here, uh, with my wife. Now we were engaged then we got married. We've got a, you know, a son now. And so it wasn't, it just wasn't a fit anymore. Um, and I, so I started substitute teaching and then I took like a long-term sub spot and got some good experience and, uh, teachers here and administrators here were really great about encouraging me. And, you know, looking back, I was really bad at the start, you know, but they, <laughs> they encouraged me through it. You mean and that I, first class? Is that, that first class in that first year, you know, like all kinds of rookie mistakes and me coming in without a whole lot of, uh, education, education. Right. So did you go back to, I had a liberal arts degree, but not from where educa- I went to the university of Virginia. Okay. Yeah. So you're, well, that's a good school. You're, yeah. Great school. It's a great school. Yeah. Well educated, but not in teaching, which is like this whole different. So wax, you know? Yeah. I guess we should go back. So you yeah. will we'll rewind. So you go, uh, you grow up in Kentucky, right? Which is amazing because just I don't Kentucky and Nantucket. There aren't a lot of us out here. No, I yeah. know the, you couldn't get more polar opposite than Kentucky and Nantucket. Right, <laughs> you might be right. Yeah, my dad born there, raised there. Hard to get him to leave. Uh, yeah, and I was in San what Francisco. town in? Uh, it's Kentucky. called Danville. It's right in the center. There's actually a rock you can stand on that is supposed to be the geographical center of the state. Danville, Kentucky. If a state that shape can have a center, yep. Is that any? The Danville train. Somebody robbed no, the Dan. Vir- that's Virginia. That's Virginia. Yeah. The Danville train. Yeah. This morning, by Virgil, half Virgil past nine. Is yeah. That, is that? Well, yeah. He always says that too. And yeah. that, um, are we doing the band or are we doing somebody else? We're doing um, the one that I heard the new Riders of the Purple Sage did. Somebody robbed the Danville train with Jerry Dude, Garcia. That's on- two different Danville trains. I don't know. That yeah. I think that's probably Virginia. Well, anyway, yeah. regardless, I mean, Kentucky, Nantucket is a pretty crazy jump. Nantucket, that's my... Nantucket. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, you graduate, you go to UVA. Mm-hmm. You grow up in an academic house. Yeah. Lots of uh, Carly Simon records and uh, Mozart. Uh, no, no, Dad's yeah, Roots Rock. I grew up on The Boss and The Band and oh, okay. The Bob and The Beatles, all the, all the good B-bands. Gotcha. So yeah. you're, I'm trying to picture your uh, brothers and sisters. One younger sister. And yeah. you get into UVA, which is a good school, you know, and you, would you study? Uh, I was an American studies major. So it was an interdisciplinary thing, American history, American lit. Wow. Um, yeah. Which, you know, all right, you're graduated. Take, go, 
go with that. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, yeah, not a lot of forethought as to And then you went into service? Future occupation. Just became a bartender after UVA? Or? Yeah, yeah. I, went, I moved to Jackson Hole, lived there for a couple of years, worked at the resort, uh, waited tables in a Thai restaurant. You know, just kind of pieced it together. That was sort of figuring. That's, I mean, that's kind yeah, of. Like, yeah, I was young, and yeah. that's the time of life where you kind of do that. That's what I was doing. Yeah, and then from there moved to San Francisco, um, and I was there for uh, five-ish years, almost six. Loved it there. San Francisco is an yeah. awesome city. Yeah, hard to beat. So then you go from San Francisco to Nantucket. You meet your fiance. I know. I met her. I did a summer during college here. All right. So how'd yeah. you get here? Uh, what was the connection? Uh, my mom went to a prom with a local realtor, Craig Hawkins. Really? And like he had sold a house that was in kind of disrepair and he needed some kids who didn't mind living somewhere disreputable. And my mom said, I know some disreputable kids. And so we came up. (laughs) Where was the, where was the house? It was on, uh, York, York street. So like right in town, we had no idea. Oh my God. Yeah. And what year is this? Uh, 2001. 2001. Yeah. Wow. So you come out here and that's where you met your now wife. Yeah, I applied for a job at her mom's wine shop and I didn't get the job, but I met her daughter <laughs> when I was in there. So really? Like yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And did you guys move off though or did you, were you always coming back to uh Nantucket? Yeah, we moved off, went to San Francisco together and then, it, you know, this place has gravity. It pulled us back in. Yeah. yeah. And so the decision that you were like, been bartending out here, you said you worked at Pozzo and then now you're going to what am I going to do now as far as I don't want to bartend anymore? Which yeah. I think well, I, I was kind of already in, into teaching. I did a few years of doing both. Um, so I had had enough experience at the, at the schools here to say like, right, and the substitute teacher yeah. racket. That's a, uh, that's an interesting cause you're going in for the day. Yeah, It's a tough job. It is a tough job. Yeah. I think substitute teachers, uh, you know, it's not an, you're going in there and depending on what kind of, uh, you know, environment, the teacher that, you're subbing for has exactly you're kind of just thrown to the wolves you know so Mm -hmm. you got to be it's kind of sink or swim no a little bit yeah Uh, usually you get a good sub plan or or you get you know the old av cart um but uh yeah it can be it can be a challenge but i wound up in a long-term sub position so i got i got to i did like a full semester and really got it like got to know the kids and kind of got a feel for what the rhythm of it is and that that lined me up for when i applied for a full-time job to I'm very sympathetic to uh, teaching. I did two years uh, teaching in New York City. I was involved in this program called the Leadership Program, and we were called teaching artists. So we uh, they used performers and people with like performing backgrounds to go in, and uh, it was under violence prevention. Oh and, wow! Uh, a friend of mine hooked me up with this job, and uh, we would go in to these classes. My first class was a seventh and eighth grade chemistry class in Queens. And the teacher had no control of the class. And it was just, it was crazy. I got, I got, in the two years I did it, I really got a feeling for what it was like uh, to teach in that environment. And I would have so much anxiety before I'd go in to teach. I would be pacing. I'm normally not nervous around anything, but I would just, for whatever, I would just, I would freeze up. And we had this curriculum. But the thing was, you couldn't, you spent the first 15 minutes of the class trying to get the kids just to to sit down in their seats. And the first, my first class, kid punched another kid in the face. Oh, man. You know, and the security had to come in. 
It was crazy. Well, it's, I think, you know, here we're, I'm, I'm lucky. Teachers here are lucky. We've got a, a huge bunch of great kids from all different backgrounds, you know, and they, we don't see fistfights first thing in the morning. But you do, like, I, I suspect that your teaching artist situation was in an effort to, like, engage, right? Bring them in. you got to entertain them now a little bit, yeah. too. It's not enough to just, like, they know they're supposed to learn. You know you're supposed to teach. you really got to, like, rope yeah, them and in and grip them. they got to buy into you and your whole shtick. And it's I, hard. you got to be was, an entertainer, It too. was absolutely yeah. the most frightening thing I had ever experienced and I had done stand-up at that point. I had played in bands. But it was a different ball game when I stood in front of That's that wild. chalkboard. And I was like, oh, my God. And I remember one lesson plan where I got through. And I looked down at my watch. And it had only been 10 minutes. And I was like, holy shit. I have another <laughs> 35 minutes to go. And I was freaking out. It, I just, I, I, I get it. You know, I get the art of teaching. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was having you on because I wanted to talk about I think that there is you know it's a super important job our country really literally depends on it their life is in your hands dude you know and and there doesn't seem to be a ton of overall support I don't see out there for teachers and the profession of teaching Mm -hmm. I don't think it doesn't seem like it's you know cool kids aren't graduating college being like I want to go Teach. Well, I don't know that it was ever cool, right? But uh, then there, and it's often teaching is the is the mission thing that kids do right out of college. If they're not uh, yahoos like me, headed off to a ski town, then you're in like Teach for America or Peace Corps or some kind of thing where you see the world and uh, you know learn some teaching chops. And you know, uh, I don't. I think there's more to learn by doing it that way. Um, so yeah, people are going into it, but but then maybe you get your experience there and you move on to some other to you know. What would be the next thing after? Like, te- would you go back to grad school or something? You uh, teach for that a few sounds, years, yeah, either or... grad school or nonprofit sector, or uh, you know, if you're, I don't know, I think if you're by the time you're teaching, you you know, you want to do some, you know, your positive effect in the world and you know all that. So I think immediately you're kind of on a path once you choose teaching. And you teach what now? You I teach uh, world geography, sixth grade social studies. Okay. Which is awesome. I, I love the curriculum. Was that the first grade you'd had? No, I taught fifth grade for a couple of years and really okay. loved it. Um, but this spot um, opened up and I was like, that's me. Because that kind of, my, my history uh, and literature background, I can, even though I was American history, it's still kind of, you know, it's like storytelling and engaging and see the whole world and so that's interesting because I wanted this is what I, one of the questions I wanted to ask. What is, how are we teaching history? I'm, I've been out of touch, but now that I have my daughter, she's going to go through right. school. Yeah, I've started yeah. I've started thinking about you know where she's going to go. She's going to go to high school. What are they teaching her? What are the has it changed? Mm-hmm. You know, are, they, are we still teaching that Christopher Columbus came in and this sort of fairy tale version? And this where it could get dicey. We don't have to get into it. No, no, there's, there's more uh, balance in the curriculum now that, you know, you spend as much time. So fifth grade, you know, the, the curriculum, Massachusetts works really hard to build pretty well-structured curriculum, like kindergarten to 12th grade. So I've got some guidelines to follow. How so? What do they, when you say that, like, what do they actually do to make, the, do you have to go to teacher conferences and stuff for, uh, the, well, for the state? No, there's a published framework that says these are the topics that you must touch on in this grade. 
you know, and you can touch on them in any way you want and you want to get as much reading in there and as much like real experience in there for the kids as you can, a hands-on projects, all that. But these are the topics you got to cover. And, gotcha. it, and it's, and it, when you look at it, it kind of builds up, it makes sense, you know, second grade you do, uh, you do continents and world oceans. Third right. grade, you do uh, United States. Fourth grade, you do Massachusetts history. Fifth grade, you do early American history, which includes Mesoamerica, Aztec, Inca, Maya. So you know, there's there, there's already more balance there than just the Columbus. Than story. just the okay. Yeah. I use that as a reference. This just because, existed first. It was no. There's no more discovering America. It's like well, that's see, that's an interesting point, right? These there. existing civilizations. Right. So These indigenous people were here and, and, and they actually push it forward. Yeah. That's pretty smart. Yeah. I like that they're doing that. Um, and then sixth grade is world geography. It's like a survey. We just around the world in one year. Uh, and so I do as much as I can to cover history and culture, but mostly I'm just making kids familiar with physical geography, how to read a map, how to read an atlas, you know, right. places. Um, but, and also talk about what, what unites us and also what separates us, language, religion, uh, ethnicity. Do you use technology in your class now? Yeah, we're one to one in the middle school on Chromebooks. Every kid has a Chromebook. It's um, just this is crazy awesome. to me. I didn't yeah. even think it's just crazy. It opens up a lot. You know, I can really sort of uh, if if somebody shows up in class with a good with a useful website or a great article or something, I can I post it to Google Classroom and say, all right, everybody. Take a look at this, and and three minutes later, everybody's so everyone's looking page. at the article that some kid that a, a student that somebody brought. Yeah, it's like sh instant show and tell. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. It's awesome. Yeah, and so, we can so I I can take one kid's screen and beam it to the blackboard, the smart board in the front of the room. So you know, uh -huh. somebody's made an interesting slideshow, or uh, you know, just found a cool picture. I just turn off my projector screen and, and send them, you know, immediately and so their, their screen image. is on the front of the room. Wow. Yeah, and they, you know, they really So like that act yeah. almost, it's incentivizes the kids. They're to, eager to share. To eager yeah. to share. Like, good work. Look at this get, picture of a Mayan ruin I found yeah, or something. Get Chromecasted. Wow. Yeah. And you get points for that in your class? Well, you know, pride points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Technology, it just opens up a huge... I mean, I would think it would be a deterrent in some respects because the kids are so wired to it. And well, you do. You have to be mindful of spending too much screen time, you know, home and at school. So I, you know, we just need to read. We just need to read that too. Yeah. Pick up books, right? There and, and yeah, we're, everybody in the whole the whole school is working together to make that happen. But is it happening though, or kids? You know, I think it's always been this way. Some kids are really readers, and other kids aren't. Yeah. yeah. So it's and hard. I guess you got to get them a high high interest. Get a, get the right book in their hands, and that's the one. What are they reading? Like for uh, I guess they're not reading Catcher in the Rye yet. No sixth <laughs> grade. No, there, and there's a whole new range of uh, young adult fiction that you might not know about, but you will. What yeah. what? what I uh, well, we do every year. There's a um, one book for the whole school summer reading. So everybody comes back. We read a great book called uh, Wonder last summer. Um, that everybody was really into. And they, and they usually, you know, try to touch on topics that are, uh, you know, that make sense for kids for that, developmentally for that age. For that you know? age, for yeah. sure. Yeah, 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 that would make sense. What are some of your favorite, what were your favorite high school books? My favorite middle school books? Or high school, like? High school books? Gosh. Vonnegut? Uh, you yeah, I was, yeah, Vonnegut, Catch-22, yeah, um, all that. Do they yeah, still use uh, those? Cuckoo's Nest. I don't see those on the shelves in the high school when I'm up there. 
as much. I'm sure they're up there. I've seen Fahrenheit 451 up there, and those are so. I, know, I should I should go up there and see what Paige and Liz are and Jamie are reading. But yeah, <laughs> I mean those are th- those are definitely things that stick out. I've been Slaughterhouse Five for classics sure. Stay classics. What's the yeah. book where uh, Phineas jounced the limb? That was always a question. Uh, where the two kids are on the branch and the kid shakes the branch and, and the kid falls off. Uh, I don't know that I just, one. I just remember one of the questions was like, why did Phineas jounce the limb? <laughs> <laughs> I just, and that word jounced. Yeah. yeah. Stuck in my head. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is jounced? Yeah. What kind of question is this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what the hell is the name of that book? Well, that's a song title. You yeah. Maybe a band. What is that? What the hell is the name of that book? Oh. There, yeah. There we go. I'm already on the Google. Google machine. the phrase. Yeah. Actually, this article that I just put up, pulled up, uh, I was looking at earlier, was an NPR article about where of all, titled "Where of All the Teachers Gone," hmm. and it was about enrollment uh, in enrollment over the country. This was down. Yeah, the, the erosion is steady. There's a steady downward uh, sign of teachers joining the teaching profession. Well, you know? it's a tough job, but it's incredibly rewarding. Um, you know, every day, middle schoolers don't always make it really obvious to you how, how grateful they are for the time and effort you've spent. But in little ways, you see it, you know, and that's... Yeah, I'm sure. Right? And, and to see a kid really improve, you know, to, to see an idea, you know, turn on in their minds or, uh, or some writing skill or reading skill or, you know, oh, man, latitude, longitude. Now it makes sense. Just little things, you know. It, that's it's, a it's cool. To that's a crucial that. age too, because they're yeah. they're really starting to grasp, right? It's yeah. It's, they're it's, they're that's part of why I love sixth grade and the move from fifth to sixth was good because by sixth they really are themselves, you know. Yeah, I they're I think like pretty close to f- fully formed individuals. You know, lots to learn still, obviously, but sense of self is pretty clear already. Yeah. So so the Nantucket school system. Uh, is is growing right the numbers the school itself yes yeah we're seeing like a huge uptick in population right in the younger grades especially which is why you see the new uh intermediate school going up which looks like it's gonna be beautiful so i i think it's interesting too just like the hospital you know the school's gonna need to bring in more teachers no are um yeah we continue to bring in uh, um more and i think there will be new hiring particularly in specials Special uh, for ed, the new building. So. well, sp- special ed, um, ELL, but sp- just specials. Like we got two schools, we need two music teachers. We got two schools, we need two PE teachers. Right. Oh, okay. So I, think I see that's what where you. the where the bulk of the new payroll goes. Yeah. In, these, in the next couple of years, but um, I, you know, uh, they're pretty good at looking at and understanding the numbers and looking at the younger grades and knowing what's coming. And I think I think the way it's headed, the high school is next in line to need more space. Really, I think there's a long-range plan for that. So. To 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 put a new high school in. Well, you know, we already just added a new wing on the back of the middle school for sixth grade, and those, you know, so this big class is headed to the high school in just a right. few years. So wow, and who's yeah. the principal in the middle school? Peter Cohen. Peter Cohen. Yeah, that's a that principal's another job. I mean, you get to. <laughs> yeah. I feel like as a teacher, you know, you get you kind of get removed from. I mean, you know, just. Schools are like these little microorganisms of politics, you know, mm-hmm. and I remember that from the time I taught and then the principal is at the helm of all that. And he's trying to navigate not only from the 
the outside of all his people, but then managing all, ma- managing all the teachers, managing all the right. teachers. It, it's 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 a tough job. And a man. room full of teachers is hilarious. Where it's just like looking at a room full of students. You know, you got side oh, I'm conversations, sure. and yeah, it's hard to bring a room full of teachers to order. So yeah, but it's not. Peter's really got our back as an administrator, which is a good feeling. And what are some of the things that uh, Nantucket, you know, middle school is facing? Like, what are the, what are we looking at other than population? Just some of the issues. Oh, well, like- the technology uh, push always provides challenges, right? Like we've got, everybody's got these Chromebooks, but now what do we do with them? You know, and, and teachers have varying degrees of uh, confidence with the technology um, and ways to use it. And kids, and you know, are always finding new ways to abuse the privilege. Of course. You got to kind of keep an eye <laughs> yeah, on Yeah, that was yeah. my other thing. I was like, that's <laughs> it's super distraction if you let it become that. So. Obviously, there's settings on the tab, the Chrome tab, right? That, that allow. Yes, yeah. and ways to, you know, from your desktop, see what's on every screen in the room. Um, but you tell kids you can do that, and it doesn't sink in. How about phones? Just yeah. do kids have phones? Yes, and and teachers. What's you the know, phone policy? Well, technically, it's uh, either in your locker or with your advisor for the day. But it's pretty clear that kids have kids carry their backpacks around all day, and the phones are in there. So just you know, keep them there, turn them off. Don't yeah. have them out in class, and I don't see them in class ever. You know. Are you do you stern? Are you mean? Like, are, if you see a kid in the phone, and you're like. Uh, I mean, it's, what's your teaching it's, style? It's a real clear rule. I don't, you know, yeah. hey, there's this rule and you're making me enforce it, you know? Right. Give me that phone. You don't be a, a jerk. Yeah, get it at the end of the day. <laughs> Come on, what gives? Right. You know what you're supposed to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's just the, the phone component. I mean, it's hard enough concentrating alone and then you got. Well, a lot of schools say th- this is, uh, you know, can't beat them, join them. Make the phone part of instruction, you know, integrate all the integrate social the media into class. Have them s- you know, if they're going to send messages between classrooms anyway, make the content engaging enough that they're sending messages about that's interesting. uplift, you know? That's a smart way to, to flip it. Yeah, make that the place where their, where their interest is. But, you know, you've got to be really interesting because there's a lot to compete with out there. I know. That, again, that falls back to why I think it's important that, you know, a, teaching, a teacher's job is, is, in some respects, even harder. It's you many, know, because you're competing a lot. When have you ever had a moment when you feel like you've lost them? And you're like, oh man, I can't. Oh, absolutely, get it. daily, yeah. And usually that's because you've been up there at, at the front for too long. I, you, you, your story about looking at your watch and seeing ten minutes tells me that you'd make a good teacher because you're supposed to stop at ten minutes and get them to talk to each other. Kids learn better from each other than they do from you. So huh. you know, shut up and let them learn. Uh, okay, that's a, interesting. It's a good motto, you know. If you and let them engage, interact with so each other. Give them something to talk about and then let them talk, you know, and they'll listen to each other for sure. Rather than just sitting up there and because that's sort of the there, there's a change because the old model was you'd get up sit there, and, sit and get you'd, sage on the stage with all kinds of rhymes to make you feel bad about talking for too long in front of the room. Yeah. Interesting. Do you have that switch in your head? You're like, oh, I'm talking too long. I better stop. Well, usually you see them losing. Like first impulse is to get mad. What are you talking for? And then, oh, because because I, I won't shut up. All right, you know. Yeah. Let's let's get you guys engaged with each other. Oh my God. Get that... an activity going. Get you get your hands busy. You know, the classroom. My classroom is pretty. I try to use a lot of movement. You know, try to get them um, going and fidget tools everywhere and you know. Uh, adaptive chairs, you know, stuff to kind of keep your feet occupied or, you know, whatever to keep the middle just, school jumpiness like contained long enough for them to get going on the information. But, oh, you just, I just yeah. remembered, 
I the cafeteria and the middle school in uh, Queens where I was teaching was the craziest amount of chaotic energy I had ever experienced. There was guys with bullhorns, whistles. It was like the level, the energy level of that cafeteria was just, and the only, the way they communicated was with bullhorns yeah, and whistles. Well, you've been contained, or you've been holding it in all day. You got to have a chance and to let it rip. I was like, wow, man. There, I, I, I just, when I was done with that, I was like, you couldn't pay me enough to go do that seven days a week. Well, the bullhorns, so you're in prison when people are bullhorns and I mean, it walls. was, it's, I mean, yeah. yeah, it was a different environment, <laughs> you gotta, but you it's gotta know, be more like summer camp, right? Yeah. Yeah. And back to what I originally was, I uh, was saying is that I really just feel like there is a, there, there needs to be m- more of a, a, a remolding to get push people to want to go teach. And one of that is pay scale. That's the most obvious way. And I don't know what the answer is. How do you think we can get more money to teachers, the teacher shouldn't have to be in debt for the first, you know, twenty years of his life because he's paying off grad school. Right? Do do we do they do you take the grad school component out? Do you let people teach in public schools with maybe some sort of modified version of that? Well, there's an option for that, which is which is what I did. I got my bachelor's, then I started teaching on what they call waivers. Right? The school is supposed to try to employ somebody with a valid license from the state first, but since we're out here on the island. You know, you get a you get an eager, uh, dedicated person who says, "I'll you know I want to try this." Then for a year they can employ you, and you gotta within that year get a get your initial license. Oh, okay. So, so you can start teaching, and then you're doing night school or, gotcha. or online to to get your degree, and those aren't always as expensive as a full fledged grad program. Well, that's a good point. I think that that we should make that known that someone that has ever ha- had any sort of interest in teaching doesn't necessarily have to jump back into the grad school full-time program. You could do the waiver system like you did. Certainly, yeah. Um, wow, how many other teachers have done that? Do you know? I think there are a lot. There are currently uh, over a dozen teachers who are looking to advance license to a professional license along with me, so we're, we're trying to get a, a master's program uh, to come to the island. Wow. Yeah, which would be, we just... How are you going to do that? What, what? Well, they'll, they are, there are some, uh, they call them cohorts, and, and if you pull enough people together, then it's worth it to the teachers to come to you and teach class twice a week and do some online component. Um, and so we just need to pool enough teachers who, who want this program, and you, know, you got to pay them. But, Is that in the works? Yeah, yeah we, we had 14 to start like this month, and we didn't quite have enough teachers, so we got to... Beat the bushes and drum up another yeah. teacher or two. Yeah. So to get one, two more teachers would make it. One more would have done it. We were there. But, wow. Yeah. Well, maybe someone will hear this podcast. Right. Let's hope. Yeah. I know. I know. That yeah. was that. You well, know. I think we, yeah, we talked to everybody available. And it's, you know, it's got to work for you. You got to be, it was going to be every weekend for 16 months. So it's a commitment. Know, a long class. And so I understand. And, and it wasn't cheap either. So huh. you had to be ready for all of that. So hopefully postponing it to the fall, we'll get another. And if that doesn't work, then I'm looking at an online option, you know, Leslie online or, you know. I can, now, are you I can spearheading this? Are you in charge? Because I know you're no, involved with No, the- no. Uh, some administrators in the district are worth doing the job. I got my hands full, man. I got 124 kids every day. How many? Well, 120, 131 sixth graders, I think it is. And I see almost all of them every day. Oh, I'm scared just so. hearing that. Well, but you see them, you see I know, 25 but just- at a time, five blocks. It's not so bad. <laughs> yeah. 
it's just it's it, you must be exhausted at the end of the day. A little wiped out, but right? some days you know today was fun. We had some. What'd you do today? What was your? Uh, so I've got, I bought a a big um bag of like three inch balls sponge that are globes, right? So I I, I had them whipping globes at each other. Uh, <laughs> Anything and, that works. Yeah, we're studying East Europe right now, so they're doing countries and capitals. You know, you say one. And then somebody responds with its capital. Throw the ball, country. Throw the ball back, capital. Germany. Um, Berlin. Russia. Uh, Moscow. Czechoslovakia. Prague. Whew. Yeah, stop before you're going to get Let's Let's stop there. That's, I feel good. <laughs> that was good, man. I don't know. Try me. Yeah. Uh, get, throw one at me. You, you want to stay in Europe here? Yeah. All right. Uh, Spain. Barcelona. Uh Bulgaria. Oh, Lithuania. <laughs> I don't know. So- Sophia. Sophia. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. We'll stop yeah, before yeah. I embarrass myself. No, it's, uh, it's amazing. There's a lot to, lot to know out there. And these kids, are. It's, I'm asking them to learn a lot. You know? Yeah. Oh, just what do you have to do to learn this year? The whole world. Yeah, yeah just yeah. learn the world. <laughs> My God. So you're also involved in the union, right? Uh, yep. You do? Yep. Um, I do. What made you uh, decide I, to get involved? With uh, I was encouraged by some older teachers, and I've always been one to kind of do my part. Um, and you know, I think it's a good thing. It it helps the. Uh, you know, you got to look out for teachers. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So, I mean, I, I think that there's a valid. Uh, you know, the, the 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 collective has to continue to move forward yeah. in any industry. Yeah. You know, you look at the screenwriters. There was a great example. Right. You know, which is crazy to me that, uh, you know, that that industry is seeing a paradigm shift right now. There's so much changing. You know, there's people are streaming. So they're realizing that the focus isn't going to be the networks are freaking out. So it's writers have to take a stand. So it was a great example of, of, of unions working to get get the needs met of their right. constituents. Is that it? Or that their, sounds right. Yeah. Their members. Membership. Yeah. Membership. Yeah. So and, and it, do you have to go off island to meet with other uh, no, I'm only involved with the local um, chapter. Then there are we do send delegates to the Massachusetts Teachers Association of the big um, meetings from time to time, um, and the, the local union leadership is in in touch with the union rep high up. But I'm mostly for us, it's about just keeping uh, all the teachers kind of up to speed on our responsibilities and you know issues that are kind of question marks like how am I supposed to respond to this or you know what what do I need to do here just um, any any sort of issue a teacher would yeah, have it's mostly keeping information uh just keeping everybody up to up to date it seems so like a, do our, do our smart, jobs the way we're supposed to do it you know a smart move um, Massachusetts has a pretty good record for education though am I yeah, wrong yeah we're at the top of the list always um and we, we seem to always want to do things and I don't know a whole lot about the machinations up there at the top of the line but um you know, everybody's on board for the park test, and we're determined to do MCAS instead. So, you know, at Massachusetts, I think, oh, here are these great common core state standards that are set up, you know, for every state. Gotcha. And we're going to take them, but we're also going to amend them and add some Massachusetts-specific standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe so, that's the thing that keeps it keeps it Maybe aggressive. it is, yeah, but sometimes it makes it uh, just hard to hard to deliver all the standards. So tell me this. What is your take on charter schools? Uh, because I, there's a lot of information out there and I think some people, like I didn't really, I had looked it up specifically to see what the uh, charter school was. Right. 
I I don't I don't see. I I I think that their existence can do good things across the board, but I don't see why they ought to be. I don't think that uh, what what's the word? Not stipends. Uh, A government uh, subsidized. Yeah, they, yeah, subsidized they shouldn't be subsidized the, at all. Yeah, um, I don't think. I th- I mean that takes money out of the out of the collective bucket. And can, you know, right, yeah. and and in some ways, which it kinda, budgets which are stretched thin already. That so. was what I was yeah. reading. That uh, you know, that was the big argument: is that you're basically putting it's just some some people that are for charter schools say it creates more of a competitive dynamic and it gives more options for in a people. field that ought not to be competitive, right? I well, mean, that was my issue. Like common yeah. sense would tell me, well, listen, we're, you know, there's already a shortage of teachers. Now we're creating. Now we're just thinning the herd here even more Mm -hmm. and you know i guess i don't know betsy devos is a uh, she's a bit scary to me Mm -hmm. which i just found out that she has a total evangelical uh agenda in her charter school yeah many charter schools are are created to provide an opportunity to deliver religious instruction the message i think that's very very complex and a dicey double-edged sword there you know, sure. my personal opinion. I don't know, but charter schools keep coming up, and I, I just it was. I think it was interesting to ask a public school teacher where what they're. Yeah, staying. I mean, I if you, you got a bunch of, t- of parents who are in, and teachers who want to get together and create a great thing, you know, a great educational opportunity for their community. I'm I'm all in favor of that, but that's those people working together, right? Yeah. Um, so, and but, it's and it's you know there's a there's an element of brain drain there, which is a bummer, right? You, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some sort of uh, yeah, exactly brain drain. Yeah, that's um, they, that's what they call it in Kentucky, because uh, a lot of kids grow up, go to school out of state, move away. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think the thing for you know in a more mi- uh, micro level is just trying to you know what does Nantucket have to do to make sure it's keeping you know it's it's high school and it's middle schools, you know, progressive. So it sounds like Massachusetts is a good, mm-hmm. you know, has the infrastructure and the support. But Nantucket faces a lot of different things. Different challenges, yeah. Different challenges that others, you know, Massachusetts schools don't have. And I think that was something that I thought we should talk about. It's just, you know, a changing population. Uh, you know, there's a lot of language barriers or stuff that, well, I guess other schools deal with that too, don't Certainly, they? Certainly, yeah. And, and you know, those are strengths in terms of breadth of experience for our students and, uh, you know, the, the experience that kids bring to the classroom. Um, so challenges for a teacher who, who needs to find ways to connect with kids who don't share a common background with me or with some of their peers. Um, but that's your job is to get them, like I said, stop talking after 10 minutes and get them talking to each other get them and then they're and then they're having common experience and teaching each other and that that you found that that seems to be the best way yeah huh when did you figure that out when did you figure that when did you feel like you were like all right i think i can like do this as a teacher uh because you know the first year you said it was pretty looking back i got all kinds of stuff wrong certainly yeah Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's the story of my life looking back I mean, oh man, what was I thinking last year? Oh man. <laughs> was I thinking well, that's good. That means every you're, year that I means look you're back a, and think you're that you're so evolving. I'm you sure know? here I am in year three and in year five, I'll look back and say, oh man, I told Doug, I knew what I was doing. You know? Well, I don't think you ever in yeah. it. 
I don't think you ever admit. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you've pa- I think if you're a teacher and you've been doing it for 30 years, you could say, I think I know what I'm doing at this point. Right. But that's teaching. The kids keep changing. So you got to keep changing your game, too. Yeah. So I guess that, but that's the other, you bring, just saying that made me think about other teachers that sometimes you have. I remember I had, when I was teaching, there was one teacher that just, she had just, she had been there for so long collecting her pension. And this is one of the reasons that their people were critical. The charter school people are critical because of the system, right? of the system because you sure. have these complacent teachers that, uh, collect their check they've been doing it long enough i got they, method i got my tests all I, dialed I, I, exactly mm-hmm. so how do you check that is this massachusetts do they have any um well there's a there's a constantly moving evaluation system where uh, administrators are are checking in and observing and you know making uh making suggestions and but i just think that in you just have to look at whether kids are learning and if what you know if what you're doing keeps working yeah. Keep doing it, but if you know when kids are uh, don't buy what you're doing or how you're doing it, they it becomes really obvious. So I, you know, I don't know any of those teachers that you're describing. You know, right? Yeah, but it does. I mean, I think that that was one of the criticisms that people oh oh public schools if you, if you've been there long enough. But I guess the the challenge is keeping it fresh and keeping people wanting to yeah. keep evolving. Mm-hmm. You know. And, but the, and the pensions too, as the older you get, they get, I mean, my, I heard that my history teacher in my high school in upstate New York, I think he, by his, but it's right before he retired, he was making a hundred and something a year. Yeah. So there is potential to make some, I don't know if Massachusetts. stick around it. Yes, there is. Yeah. But you gotta, you gotta pay your dues to get there. Right. And you're only in year three. That's right. <laughs> yeah, the, you look at the at the table, you know, and the, the, here's here's what happens if you're retiring. You're 25. Here's what happens if you're retiring. You're 30. And I'm counting out like I'll be 67. You know. Right. Yeah. Will your son? He'll go to public school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't put Piper in the public school. No, there's a ton of great teachers, you know, and and uh, I went to public school. Alana went to public school. Yeah, she, you know she's a whaler, and the more I think, the more uh, the more we have such a pretty culturally diverse um, island now, and I think that that's going to be actually an asset to the school and the experience. Certainly, ultimately, yes. You know, I think, but just like the hospital, I don't know why I keep thinking of the hospital. We have to, you know, somehow attracting new teachers or different teachers to, you know, mix it up or handle the population mm-hmm. you know can help yeah yeah uh, it's uh, you bringing people in bringing new blood in is good it's hard to get people to stay that's one of the challenges out here uh you know cost of living is high family's all somewhere else or my girlfriend's back in boston and i come for two or three years right and i'm gone um so it's hard you know and that's that's a challenge for for the district um it's but, yeah, you know, it's not insurmountable. We got we you know got a building buildings full of full of good people. Good people that yeah. will hopefully you know it just, and I, I hope that it just continues you know and that the school system because I'm not in it yet right and I will be. Mm-hmm. Well, and you, so, so you mentioned the uh, lack of support that you know your perceived lack of support, but like you said, you're not in it. There are, the community is really behind the school. There's a great organization, the Friends of Nantucket Public Schools, where you know parents are working to support teachers. Um, 
this happens to be Teacher Appreciation Week. I don't is it really? Yes, it is. Yeah. And I, so, that's amazing. That's why yeah. you're here, Will. I knew that. Parents are banding together and bringing lunch in uh, on Friday um, for teachers. So, you know. Yeah. I have, there hasn't been an apple on my desk yet, but I don't know if kids know that's the <laughs> Well, that's anymore. why you're here, because we appreciate you inside the whale, you know. that's uh, Seriously, that's why I really thought that it was important to have a teacher. I really wanted to have a teacher on. I wanted to talk about Nantucket someone that was in there doing the work. Yeah, it's a well, it's a vital occupation, you know, maybe maybe the most important the long term. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, it, boy, it's hard work, but it, like I said, super, super it pays dividends. I've and this is I've always thought and I've heard people say this, you know, these towns and stuff, they'll they'll put up a multi-million dollar sports stadium. But then, you know, when it comes time to give the school system money, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I don't know. You know, America sometimes has these, you know, juxtaposition stances that I thought like, God, if people, if you sunk just a half of that amount of energy that people put into professional sports into the, into the school system, we'd have a different country. Yeah. I really, really believe that. Yeah. And, and you held, you know, let's extend the metaphor, right? Hold teachers accountable the same way you hold those professional athletes accountable, right? If they don't deliver the results, you know, if you don't get the yardage or whatever that the running back does, then you hire somebody new. You know, admins, or principals are now GMs, and they're trading teachers left and right and keeping students engaged, and classes are fun, and parents want to come. That's getting parents involved and engaged. Yeah, another, parent involvement. That's huge. A, that's challenges. Huge. Yeah, that's a big part of the job. Um, and you know, every time you reach out, it, it pays. It, it, you know, with a, a tough kid or a uh, or an you know a, an excellent student, it's you know. But it's hard. You gotta check yourself and make sure. So the parent involvement out. is that just like making sure the kids do like as a parent making sure the kids doing the homework, or is that just actually sitting down doing the homework with the with their kid? Well, it, well different. You know, parents have all degrees of. Um, resources to provide some are working nights i was just know. gonna say that yeah, but i can't some work some kids I'm are helping here. at home with little siblings you know so it depends on what they're able to give but it's my job to also keep them informed here's what's going on in school you know here's here are some things you can talk about with your kid in the in the time that you see them um here's here's how it's here's how it's going you know got to try to reach out when things are going right for everybody because <laughs> yeah the kid feel you know gets that a boost you do that a bunch of times at the beginning of the year, and you do, you do yourself a big favor. Yeah. Um, but you gotta you know gotta find the time. And so let me ask you the what's been your biggest challenge so far in your three years so far? What's what's your biggest challenge so one. far? That's a job interview question. Uh, we can I can rephrase it. What's been the most uh, something you came in your you, you've been you've completely flipped from the way you thought about something. Well, it's, I don't know. It's, I guess it's been, um, manage, just like managing the classroom, keeping kids, uh, engaged. And I use, I would get real frustrated, you know, uh, and I have tried to, to, and I think I'm doing a much better job That's of interesting. holding yeah. the temper because almost always when I'm frustrated, I've lost them because I'm doing something wrong. Right. Huh. Uh, I've, you know, I didn't like to yell. I, that was one of the things I took for my years. I the I had to yell to get attention, and mm-hmm. it felt really uncomfortable. Go, hey, yeah. I said, sit down. Yeah, and, when, and it felt really weird because it man, pumps I'm, all the wrong chemicals through your body. It's yeah. bad for you. It's bad for your relationship with the kids. And but sometimes I mean, I still raise my voice. You don't like doing it, but teacher kids voice, will push you, man. Teacher kids voice will. is a powerful thing. You know, you you ask them questions. You know, 
like, what are you supposed to be doing right now? Look oh, you're using tone. You yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's tone and it's. Yep. Um, there so you're the really calm storm. You're I've, the rage behind the eyes. You're like, what are you going to do? No. Uh, you know you're not supposed to be in this hallway right now. <laughs> do you have a hall pass? In class, I am uh, rigged up a little bicycle bell on a ring. Uh, so I, cause I used to, there are chimes you use in elementary school to bring the class to order. Like I hit the chime gotcha. and, and it's a school wide thing. Kids hear the chime. They know hands up, mouth quiet, eyes on teacher. And it's not always that hands magical. up, mouth quiet, eyes yeah. on teacher. Do you yeah. teach them that? Yeah. It's a, and it's a, it's an elementary school wide thing. This is a whole system responsive classroom that works really well. And it's and a big part, a big part of it is the language that you use in, in talking to kids, you know? Huh? What's um, the language? Very deliberate, direct. Uh, but always kind. Um, this is very good. I like it. Well, You're doing no, a great job on this podcast, I, Will. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But I, can you try to motivate me internally? No, no, right now, I'm you. You're making me work to please teacher. That's you, right? If you say Whoa. I like what you did here, then the motivation is to please teacher. So you got to really try to uh, switch your language so the kid oh, okay. is pleased to be doing good work uh, for himself. Not to please teacher. Right. But yeah. see, I think that's the old. That's the difference between old and new. The yeah. old way is, you know. And one just, way disappears once teacher disappears. But the new way stays with you through your whole life, right? You're a, wow, you're that's a cool. internally motivated student. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. You see the value in the hard work. and in You're the doing learning. a great job, aren't you? <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're really getting this, Will, this look, podcast thing. Look what you've done for yourself. You built a great map, and that's going to help you ace the test on Thursday. Ah, positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, Will, you're getting an A+. Plus. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. I'm feeling, feeling good about this. That was this. good. I mean, that, those are just the questions. I, I, it's really what I wanted to have you on. I wanted just yeah. to have a teacher on to talk about teaching. Teacher stuff. There's so much. I feel like I should have brought in a panel Don't, of, no, of no, experienced no. people, you know, but... No, um, I think someone in their infancy of their teaching career is just as valid as someone that's you know, and actually, this big big moment for me was in year one. I was in a meeting. Uh, we were talking about a student who, uh, um, you know, working on strategies to help him reach success. And I and I said in this small meeting among teachers and like uh, special ed personnel, uh, well, you know, I would I defer to the experts on on that on that issue. And I was his classroom teacher, and uh, and the, this fellow teacher looked at me and said, "Will, you're the expert." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know, you knew this kid better than everybody. And and I've tried to keep that with me even when I'm frustrated and feeling, you know, you go through waves of feeling, all right, I got this. And then, oh, man, I, I'm not going to make it to Friday. Um, and on the, on at both ends of the spectrum, I remind my, all right, well, you're the expert here. Yeah. You know? And, you know, it's a hard job. Yeah. It's a hard job. And I think pe people, you do it out of, it's a pat. you have to have a passion for it. You know, mm -hmm. and year three, you clearly you still have a passion for it. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in for the long haul. That's what we want to hear. Yeah. You know, yeah. I want to encourage other people too that that if you think you are ever interested, there's opportunities here on the Antarctic. Absolutely, yeah. And that's an important point that we should mention that you know if you if you're interested mm -hmm. and and uh, maybe I'll be a music teacher. Right. <laughs> for the new, uh, I don't, I don't. I, no, you'd be great. You know? I don't know if I. I you, you. I'm great in my Floyd, own dynamic. Lance, Lance Mountain <laughs> would inspire countless bands. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I don't. I mean, there's other people more qualified than me. Although I do well, have a, a BA in history. There you go. You're ready. I'm not You're putting ready. it to use. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Think about it. 
Well, uh, you know, I just want, I, I say thank you. And I, you know, obviously there's a lot of other teachers that are doing good work out there in Nantucket, but I wanted to Absolutely. give people an idea of, you know, someone that's uh, switched gears in life and took on a teaching yeah. job. And it's, it. and it's working, you know? And you love it. Yeah. Thank you. I feel real appreciated right now. Yeah. You're doing a good job, Will. <laughs> you're doing a great job. And, you, and you're going to continue to do a good job. Um, yep, yep. Positive reinforcement. Well, you fake it till you make it. You know? That's Oh, and I said that many times. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Happy to be on. Well, that was an hour just like that? That's it. Dang. Right? Yeah. Look what the world that huh will lucas teacher avid cyclist i forgot to mention that at the beginning of the episode we started talking he rides his bike to work every morning let's all take a page out of will's book you know and of course uh, he's an avid uh, vinyl collector like me we both love music he's a cool guy will thank you so much for taking the time to come sit down and am i listening am i am i being attentive am i positive reinforcement i hope so Either way, man, I just, uh, I think he's just knowing that he's in the school system, folks, out here in Nantucket's going to make us all feel better, you know, raising the bar. And I think the important thing, the takeaway from that conversation is, uh, you know, if you're thinking about switching gears, you know, maybe teaching is for you. Maybe it's something that uh, you can jump into. Certainly need fresh new teachers. Always good to have new teachers on the island. So, uh I think that was a great conversation, Will. Thank you so much. And that's it, guys. Episode 49 of Inside the Whale in the books. As always, thanks for the click. Don't forget, Island Insurance is our, our sponsor for today's episode. Check them out on their website or give them a call. I didn't mention the website in, the, in my intro. Damn it. So, speaking of mentioning that, I should mention where you can find Island Insurance. You can go find them on the website at 02554insurance.com or give them a call at 508-221-1584. That's 02554insurance.com or give them a call at 508-221-1584. All right, get out there. Enjoy this awesome spring weather. That's episode 49. Episode 50 is a special one coming up. Stay tuned. Talk to you soon. Look what the world did I have an evil friend in pride We sat and watched while the flowers died I knew what they symbolized But I was too big a man to cry Look what the world
what the world did.